Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Gary K. Jones. How's it going, everybody? Uh, things are going really good over here. Uh, apologies ahead of time if I have to, if you, if I have to mute the microphone or um, I actually cough. I'm dealing with a uh, cold over here, so apologies for my voice. Time, um, but anyway, uh, it just adds to the flavor. It does. It does. <laughs> I need to. So this week, this week we're starting our uh, our review of the new series Ahsoka, yes. uh, which debuted a day earlier than it was initially planned. Uh, I know, last right? Tuesday, yeah. Um, last Tuesday on the, let's see, that was the 21st, uh, 22nd of August mm-hmm. um, with a two episode premiere. Yes. Um, and so we're going to be talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, things we're looking forward to, expectations, and we'll see if our predictions ring true as the season yes. progresses because there's supposed to be something like what eight episodes i think so i saw i've, I've seen the little thing yeah, that gives all the episode titles and mm-hmm. stuff like that but um i can't remember exactly how many episodes they're supposed to be i'm pulling up right now there's going to be a total of eight episodes eight ep- so okay. we got two done that's that's literally one quarter of the season uh, already out and streaming on Disney Plus, yeah. um, with six more weeks to go. Uh, kicking off, well, this is Monday as we're recording, uh, so tomorrow is episode number three. Okay, well, let me let me ask you that. Start off right. How do you like? What do you think about? And what are your feelings about them? Because they've done this before with not only DC or not only um, Star Wars, but also Marvel sh- Marvel series too of doing. Two episodes the first the first week doing double episodes back to back. Yeah, do you like um, that or not, or, or are you just kind of like it's whatever? I I think for me I got a little spoiled with the way that Netflix was originally doing things with the platform where like they would put out an entire season. Yeah, and you binge watch that all to your heart's content. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much enjoy when shows do that because then I can just sit there. I don't have to worry about the week to week. I can go in. And watch it at my at my time and my pacing, you know, yeah. because like what, what ends up happening is, is if you've got something that's coming out on a week to week basis, but you've got all these other platforms and streaming services that you're that you're watching, you're going to lose track of something at some point. Yeah. And I can't tell you the number of times where I like, I mean, we're how many episodes into Strange New Worlds on over on Paramount Plus? I haven't watched a single one of season two. Really? Yeah, really. Like it had like no like my interest right now is just kind of like null and void because there's so many other things that I'm watching. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm a big like I don't mind the episodic release. I mean that's very very traditional to television as it is anyway. But it's like if you've already got it done and in the canon, why not just give it to your fans? Yeah. They're already going to be paying for the service anyway. It's not like they're paying on a week to week basis. Yeah. Um, well, let's start off. I mean, me personally, I love the return of the crawl. I thought that was a neat little touch. And the fact that you had the red lettering 
mm-hmm. um, a callback to kind of the final season of Clone Wars when they kind of did that with all the font. Yes. Um, and then even even uh, going so far as to highlighting and making like certain words larger in the crawl. Like they would like, you know, just certain, you know, empire, republic, um, all these words, you know, kind of popped out. And even, I mean, even the callback to me, and I haven't seen anyone really mention it yet, was the fact that the first thing you see is a a starship, which is, again, in almost every one of the saga movies, what's the first thing you see, the first shot you see after the crawl ends is some Some, sort of starship. Yeah. I I thought that was kind of cool. It is cool. It is a nice callback. The problem I I have is that, you know, far too many series, especially those that are streaming on Disney, um, they keep they keep pushing these member berries on on their uh, their customers. And it's like, I don't mind if like if all the other series had done something and they were just doing it thematically. Yeah. That's fine, but when you're doing it as a as a callback, yeah, um, it takes away from the originality. Because like in the Clone Wars, the thing that I liked about the Clone Wars is that every episode started off with a uh, like a quasi World War II style newsreel of what had been happening in the yeah. war. That mm-hmm. was unique. It was different from anything else we had seen. Um, I don't mind the crawl because it is very much in line with Star Wars, but at the same time, it's like let's let this this show stand on its own. It, I mean, yes, it's part of the Star Wars canon, but let's help yeah. it you know, be its own thing, not yeah. a not a facsimile of something that someone else has done. But do you think but, at the same time they could that could have been used as something for? As for someone who may not have seen Rebels and may not be too familiar with Ahsoka, this could have been a way for them to kind of oh, absolutely, absolutely get into like um, what's the term I'm looking for exposition without you know a character doing exposition. This is a way for the someone who's not that familiar with Rebels or Ahsoka or the Clone Wars to be right. Like, okay, this is what's going on now. It's- it, it was useful. I did think that the crawl is useful for that feature, especially on that first episode jumping in. Um, and I'm glad that they did that instead of just having a bunch of useless dialogue that just exposits yeah. a bunch of this, all this backstory. Yeah. We don't need that, especially if yeah. you're a longtime Star Wars fan. It, it, it's unnecessary. So having that crawl there is good. Um, sometimes the reading part can be a little bit unnecessary. Just let I mean, if you just let the uh, the story play out on its own, I think that would be fine too. Yeah, um, yeah. Because if if the story is strong, it will it will stand on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So we get that first opening scene, um, and then we get inside the New Republic prison ship, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm, how how many? I mean, we've seen an Imperial get. Get tricked by this by the but, the old uh, this old code trick. Now a new Republic prison ship is getting. When are they going to learn the lesson? You know. Well, and here's the thing: like, like the commander on board that ship. I, spoiler alert: if you haven't watched first episode, sorry, but like the whole thing. This is going to be this is going to be full of spoilers. Just so you yeah. Know. The, the whole the whole setup of this of this uh, 
of the show uh, starts off with Balin Skull and his apprentice Shin Hadi, and they're they're former Jedi's working as mercenaries. Um, they're they're not Sith. They're they're dark Jedi, so they still operate with the same traditions of of apprentice and master Padawan and and Jedi Knight. But they because uh, if you look at at, at Shin Hadi, Shin, yeah, she's got the yeah, Padawan she's brain. got exactly. And that was one thing I noticed. I like that that little note of consistency in the storytelling from a visual perspective. And I noticed one thing when, at one point, I think this is even after. I don't know if this is after he reveals himself that he's a dark side user, or mm -hmm. before, before. But someone makes the comment about the Jedi, about the Jedi, and he makes the comment, "There are not many of us left," meaning he still considers himself to be a Jedi. Right, he's just he's just turned to the dark side to some yeah. degree, um, yeah, yeah. and he like he's gotten over that hump of can I kill people? Sure, absolutely. Um, the but I mean that commander, like if he was really worth his salt, especially you know this many years after a massive civil war, like, no way is he going to be like it, it's an old code. It hasn't been used. The Jedi have been dead for for decades, <coughs> aside from. Aside from Ahsoka, who's not even identifying herself as a Jedi anymore, mm -hmm. it, it like this is like the worst decision in a list of bad decisions that this guy can make because at no point did these did, could that shuttle have have engaged a a much larger ship, especially yeah. a prison ship, yeah. and lived to tell about it without yeah, I mean, significant damage. Yeah. Um... I also I do like the fact that they seem to have learned their lesson uh, from uh, the first season of Mandalorian with the prison ship and not have it manned completely by droids. Um. Yeah, there is there is that, but at the same time, I, like I don't know, it just it it felt really the way it plays out. It 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 felt like Balin and Hadi just have tons of plot armor around them to allow them to do the things they're doing without yeah. any repercussions. And I'm sure yeah. we're going to see repercussions later on, but it's like, come on. Yeah. Come yeah. On. I mean, I can That's see that. Really, really lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in hindsight, I think there could have been an, a different way to get them on the ship. Mm -hmm. Um. um other than what, other than how they did, probably. Um, I will say this, and I watched this with my wife. Um, she thought it was slow, but she yeah. thinks every Star Wars show is slow. Uh, she, like she said, how did, what did she say? It's like they talk a little bit, then there's a battle. They talk a little bit, then there's a fight. They talk a little bit, then there's a fight. Yeah. And, and I can see to some extent how someone could see that, especially. These first two episodes might have been a little, a little slow. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're built because you're setting everything up. I think. I think that's what, especially these two episodes, they're setting everything up, and kind of we're getting our bearings for what's going on, and everyone's relationship with everyone else. Yeah, uh, I think that's what this this episode did. This, this established like, you know, Balin and uh, and Hadi, who they're how their relationship is. Um, what's the, uh, the, the the other lady, the, the person they're rescuing? Oh, um, uh, it's uh, Morgan Elsbeth, which Morgan by far Elsbeth. is like the least Star Wars name ever. 
<laughs> yes. It's like, okay, this sounds like the name of a character that would have been killed off by Christopher uh, Walken in Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. My name is Morgan Elsbeth. I'm a yeah. bad guy. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, come on. Come on. You've got better names than that, right, Dave? Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right, Dave. Uh, well, and, um, and the other thing is, like, they they do this weird, like, the story of this does this weird thing where, like, they they kind of retroactively make her a um, a night sister, a, a night sister. And it's like there was no indication in in that uh, season two episode of Mandalorian to give us any indication of her being a night sister. Like, if she was that powerful as she's been displayed. Just in the first two episodes of of Ahsoka, why in the heck did she not use those abilities when she was fighting Ahsoka? Mm, this is true. This is true. Because I didn't even realize that she was taken captive in that episode. The way that they played it out is they made it look like she had been killed. Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know because, I mean, looking back at it, you know, she has the, she says the thing, where is... Um, Grand Admiral um, Thrawn, and then it you know cuts to the the end, right? But but why? at the same time, you know, even yeah. though Ahsoka is not technically a Jedi, she still yeah. follows some of the so, Jedi code. Which one of is you're you know, you're not real... you're not wrong. But here's the thing that really strikes me as odd is from a storytelling perspective, from what we've seen in the uh, just in the lore since Disney has taken over the Night Sisters from the moment they were introduced in the clone wars mm-hmm. all the way through uh you know most recent iterations of of canon like th- at no point have they ever been involved or in league with any part of the empire mm-hmm. like uh i mean yeah you had asajj ventress who was a night sister uh working closely with um with count dooku well no and- asajj wasn't a night sister well, she had been trained by the Night Sisters, though. If you no, watch, she was a, she, I no, she was a um, she was a Padawan. She was a Padawan, and then she got trained by the Night Sisters. Because oh, you look okay, at, I don't remember that. If you go back to Clone Wars, um, you see that that part of her background. Mm. She was she was connected to Mother Talzin, but like, but she after after being betrayed, and that it was mostly after she was betrayed by uh, Dooku and and Sidious. And she went guns blazing against them. And that was the whole point of of bringing in um, uh, Savage Press and um, and getting and getting uh, Maul back. But that and that goes in its own complete direction. But like the Night Sisters were never aligned with any bring anyone from the the Empire. So the fact that that uh, Elbeth is connected to Grand Admiral Thrawn is a very curious direction mm-hmm. for the story to go, uh, especially yeah, given yeah. what we know about her background now. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm I'm sitting on it. Um, I do like I do like how um, in, by the time we get to the end of the second episode, there are some shots that are. Um, they're live action remakes of scenes from the tail end of star Wars rebels. Yeah. That was really cool that they did shot for shot 
uh, overlap. So like, so that's that epilogue scene of Ahsoka coming to, uh, to Sabine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That, that ties it in very nicely because, you know, we know that there's a time jump. Now we understand why that time jump happens the way it did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. I, I did like that too. Um, I mean, what do you, what was your thought on the, um, the live action adaptation of Sabine. I don't know, like, because the 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 actress that plays her, Natasha Lou Bordizo, like I've seen her in a few other things. Like the only other thing, I, well, I get back. I've only seen her in one other thing, and it was um, Day Shift, starring uh, Jamie Foxx. It's a Netflix original film about mm-hmm. vampires. And she was okay in that, but like the, they don't really introduce her character in any way, shape, or form that really makes that really kind of helps you understand who she is and why she's important. Um, yeah. That comes down to bad writing. And this, like, I think she's fine, but like she seems really sedated as far as her performance. Mm-hmm. Um, like her, 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 her expressions were very. Like I think the most acting got out of her where she was really expressive was when she sat up in bed with the injury, yeah. um, which I'm like, oh, cool. People can survive being impaled by a lightsaber. Where was that when? Quite well, I mean, I, I, I mean, if you look at it though, the yeah, it's, it's not, not center it's, mass. It's kind of off to the side, and it's feasible that it might, you know, where it was at. It looks like it could have possibly. Missed right organs but but so. then you look at then you look at darth maul who was literally cut in half yeah and, and fell down a shaft like hundreds of thousands of feet and survived yeah but qui-gon did he just lose his plot armor at that point i mean come on i guess so i guess so <laughs> i do like all the memes with uh where they show like her surviving and then it shows force goes qui-gon just look at it like really <laughs> yeah i uh <laughs> very between very this nice. and healing really yeah i uh what i really like i, I like i i think bordizo can do well i i'm just hoping we, we get a little bit more expression out of her yeah um something that isn't as you know sleepy um Mary Elizabeth Winsett as, as Hera, she's fine. I, I like her well enough. Uh, she's a good actress. I think she's capable. And that's the thing is that all the actors and actresses that are involved in the show, they are all very capable uh, and very skilled performers. Um, I think hands down, my two favorite performances so far have been Ray Stevenson as Balin Skull. Oh, yes. Um, I, I just like him as an actor. He's really good. He's a solid performer and um this is a different character for him but david tennant voicing hu yang is oh, yes. really cool cuz like cool. I, I know that they they uh incorporated him in the clone wars series mm-hmm. and i cannot remember if he did the voice in clone wars he did oh he did he okay did. he did so they kept that consistent across the board yeah. i thought that was i thought that was really brilliant yeah and um, just the fact that this droid is supposed to be thousands yeah. of years old Exactly. Like he's been, he's been, you know, taking young Jedi to the, and the fact that even on that mission, he's still in, well, this is, this is what, you know, Jedi policy is. This is what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, that was cool. That was pretty neat too. Yeah. Um, 
do you think that uh going back to sabine because she even calls um ahsoka that she was her, her she was her master and she was a padawan Mm-hmm. But, but yet, yeah. when you hear them talking, when you hear Huang and her talk and her talking, and he talks about her abilities, he makes it seem like, yeah, you had like when it came to the Force, you were very, very, you had very little Force ability. Do you think that was just like she just took him on, took her on because she wanted yeah. someone that she could train? It's. I think it's possible. I think. Because there's nothing, there's nothing in Rebels that would that would indicate that she had the for that she was force sensitive at all. Right, and I I think it would because like, and there was never really every ever an indication that um, that she was going to ever train with Ahsoka. I know that like the the that epilogue in the Rebels really felt more like it was setting up the search for Thrawn and the search for Ezra Bridger. Um, <laughs> in a way that would make sense for a later, you know, inclusion to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the thing that I'm, I'm kind of, of interested in is to see just exactly how their relationship as master and, and apprentice works because like Sabine talks to her the same way that Anakin talked to obi-wan and the and the way that ahsoka to, to a degree talked with anakin so like you're seeing like this, this yeah. petulant you know kind of ego driven character but sabine is, is like she's a much more developed character than that she's not some some kid with you know who who talks back to the, yeah the i didn't think that was very she's you know she's a capable warrior she's a mandalorian she's proven herself time and time again on several adventures. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting for me. I I was kind of taken aback by even Ahsoka's, you know, of being so hard-headed and being so, I mean, stuck in her ways that she couldn't, you know, I I just seem very, even Ahsoka's response and how she reacted to Sabine seemed very out of character for her. Yeah. Where it's just like we have to, you know, maintain discipline and you know it's like that wasn't what sorry Sorry. And what that wasn't how you 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 operated when you were in the order. Oh I said I said uh sorry snips that's not how you operated when you were in the order. You weren't all (laughs) you know maintain the rules and you know there are certain ways we have to do things and yeah, no, you yeah, were all. Yeah. yeah, it's. But to be fair, we're also dealing with a much more older and and more this, mature this version this of of Ahsoka, who has seen how she was, seen how things can go, and at this point, she's very much aware that her former master was the guy hunting down uh, other Jedi and killing them, and he turned on her and tried to kill her. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just on um, a side note, I loved seeing uh, the little murder droid. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Chopper! And, oh my god, and he was just as yes. I mean, all on the uh, was it wasn't the ghost? It was the um, the little Spectre. small the specter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
him twirling around and the fact that you can actually understand what he's saying. Like if you listen closely in the little chirps, you can figure out like a little bit of what he's saying. Yeah, like, you can kind of hear it. Yeah. Yeah, it's whole, yeah, that was great. Um, I thought it was cool that they, they brought back home one. Um, the uh, the Mon Cal ship from Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi. Um, and even, you know, having when they when they uh, Ahsoka and Hera had their first little meeting, it was in the briefing room, same briefing room from Return of the Jedi. Yes, that was that was kind of a cool callback. And even the uh, the same sound effect when they turned the when they turned the hollow projector on, it has the same sound effect from Return of the Jedi. I thought that was that was kind of a cool little little nod and a little thing like okay we're still in you know a, the same universe and it makes sense that this would be you know that that ship that was so important in the rebellion would become the flagship of the yeah. new republic fleet um so i thought that was kind of a cool little little nod um yes it was um what I, what's really standing out for me is we had uh, we had our first look at the Inquisitor. That yes, I wanted to talk about that because I have I some have theories about who that is, and it's not who people are saying it is. I do not think I've heard some people are saying it's a lot of people are saying it's Ezra. I don't think I think no. that would be a stupid mistake to make it Ezra. Well, no, and some it, people are I saying it's small. I don't think it's small. It's neither of them. Um, who do you think? Who do you think? I think it's. Do you, think, do you want me to go for? I was thinking the same thing. Because I'm praying to God that when he takes the mask off, it's Sam Witwer. Oh, I know. I would freak and, out. And I've been seeing theories about this because if you look at the posture that he's using and the way he's fighting, it is the same posture that was used for Star Killer's fighting form. Yes. In the uh, Force Unleashed video games, uh, specifically. When uh, when he's dealing with a single saber and he's that like the just it's there's something very similar to it. Um, but if you if you look at um, his name specifically, mm-hmm. his listing his listing is Inquisitor Merrick M A R R O K. Now in the video game, you learn that Star Killer's real name is Galen Merrick. Yes. Uh, Galen was given over to uh, Jin Urso's father, uh, but Merrick was spelled M-A-R-E-K. They've changed yeah. it. They've added an R, changed the, the vowel to an O, but <laughs> it would, it, it, I think it fits. Because, you know, Filoni has this nice little habit of of including characters that were written out of canon by Disney and mm-hmm. finding ways of reintroducing them in rather organic ways. Yeah, 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 that would be like I said, if if he takes the mask off at some point and it's Sam Witwer, um, yeah, I would, yeah, I, I, I would lose. I would, I would, in a good. Yeah, I would, I would. It lose my really, really lose my stuff there because i'm i'm looking up at Definitely. the i'm looking at imdb to see who else is in the the captain crew to see if there, if there's been any other inclusion other than um 
who we've seen in the episode so far. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing Sam Witwer listed. That doesn't but, mean anything though. No, because I mean, like so far we've only gotten two episodes and um we're probably going to find more popping up over the course of the next uh few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um so, so we're kind of we're getting close to the uh needing to wrap up here, but before we do, what are your kind of expectations you're thinking for episode three? Um, my expectations, I'm, I'm really hoping that the, like, it feels like, it feels like they're trying to do the kind of same thing that they did with, um, with Mandalorian, where it's like, you've got this main quest, but they keep doing all these side quests. I want mm. I want to see something that's a little bit more story driven that's direct that where you don't have yeah. so many like side adventures. I want to be as direct and to the point as possible. Um, I want to see something new with the characters. Like we know that Hera is a great pilot. We know that she's a she's a general now. She's you know in command. She's she, that's the kind of character she's always been. But I'd like to see them do something new with her. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, she was always that voice of reason, especially for Sabine. You know, they they kind of had that that big sister, little sister vibe, um, and th- th- she had that maternal quality. But the way that they play her in this one, like Hera looks almost the same age as Sabine, and yeah. there's at least a ten to fifteen year age there, gap. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There should. So I'm not really um, they're playing that. What do you think the over under is uh, for how many episodes do you think until we see Thrawn? Do you think we see them next episode or do you think they wait until like episode four or five to bring in Thrawn? Or do you think it's going to be one of those things that, because I, are they planning a second season of Ahsoka? I have no idea. With the writer's strike and and the SAG after strike going on right now, there's, there's nothing in the works. Um, And with Bob Iger coming in and he's been like canceling projects left and right at Disney. It's hard to say. Um, Yeah. If they've done it right. They will do it at some point before the before you hit the actual middle because like we hit the actual middle in two weeks with the ep- with the end of episode four. That's the literal fifty percent mm-hmm. marker. If we haven't gotten thrown by that point, he's not going to be the threat that Ahsoka yeah. is made not to be. He yeah, this yeah. this is a character who is a <coughs> genius. He is uh, his presence commands legions of imperial forces with the same level of fear and and uncertainty that the emperor did yeah that vader did or that uh grand moff tarkin did this is someone that you need to be afraid of he doesn't have vader's rage issues he's not pompous and arrogant like tarkin and he's not like he he doesn't he doesn't overshoot things like like Palpatine does. He's a much more controlled character. He's very much yeah. in, like he he he's meant to be this really dynamic threat. And if we haven't got if we don't get him until like the second half of the show, he's not going to be the threat that right. that I anyone made him out to be. Yeah, before be before we. Uh start to wrap up. There is one thing I noted, and I wanted to notice if you, you got, got the same, same feeling 
and if you think this is on purpose, when they're on that planet and they're looking at the the little orb that they sit and it gets the big star map. And she makes a comment about comment about this was built by a people from another galaxy. Did the first thing you think of for me, the first thing I thought of was the Vong. Do you think that was on purpose? Do you think that they did that so that people who knew who understood had read the old legends books, that would be the first thing they would thought think of is like, oh, it's a using Vong. It's possible. The the other thing that popped into my head was and this only pops up if you if you pay attention to um the first game in the in the um jedi series that they did with uh with cal kestis um but in that uh, in that game he's dealing with um the remnants and the the uh, relics of an ancient people called the zepho mm-hmm. and um and uh, they left all these temples and and, and treasure icons yeah. all over the galaxy, um, and no one really know. I mean, there's a Zepho homeworld, but no one really knows where they came from or where they went, other yeah. than whatever they left behind. And so, since that's already canonized by the video games, it's and, and they dealt with they dealt with metal orbs very similar to this, mm-hmm. the much larger, much grander scale. Um, if it, it if it was the Yuuzhan Vong. Um, that would be, I mean, it would be really cool, especially if you're yeah, a fan yeah. of the of the legends. But yeah, their technology looked more organic. Yeah, it was, it week. was because if you read the books, they they had a a very anti technology bend to them. They thought yeah, technology was evil. Yeah. Anything that was not organic was considered to be basically evil and needed to be wiped out wiped out exactly so um i don't given that i do not think it's going to be the use on vong i mean like i said it'd be cool but i doubt that's the right i don't i think i don't think so too but i definitely think that might have been kind of a not necessarily a misdirect but it was something that people who knew who are familiar with legends i think that was done on purpose for people to go like oh a character, something from outside our galaxy, right? But if if that was the way they're going to do it, and they and they don't bring out and they don't actually bring in the Yuuzhan Vong, it feels like a really unnecessary red herring. This is uh, true. This is true. Whereas, like like a like I said, I think if if they are going to reference any kind of you know ancient race, it's going to be something along the lines of the Zepho. But even then, Zepho had, as far as I'm aware, had no interaction with with um thrawn or anything along those lines yeah and it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for him to for them to be involved since i think i would i wouldn't mind seeing them bringing in the uh the chiss ascendancy that would be cool that you know he's coming in with 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 the whole with the chiss with not just himself but the entire ascendancy the hay pans or even the sea the ruby would be really cool too. That would, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, well, we get to see what happens. It will be exciting. Uh, let's wrap things up here as we would normally do. Gary, Gary. why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you? Awesome. Well, you guys can find me on, uh, on uh, Instagram and X at GKJ underscore publishing. 
uh, where I post about my books. I post about my show, which is on YouTube. Uh, the channel is GKJ Publishing, and you can find my show The Right Way, uh, which talks uh, book recommendations, author interviews, and creative writing tips. I'm in the process of working on uh, the season premiere for season six, which launches the first Saturday of October. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of fun doing some new stuff with this season, uh, but it's going to be really awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, all the opportunities I have to provide new content. Awesome. Well, as for us, as always, you can get hold of us by your email. Our email address is warthestars1 at gmail.com. That is also our Twitter handle. All other social medias, you can find us on, just search for War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. We are exclusively now found, once again, at Geek News Now. Uh, just go to just go to any platform and search for Geek News Now, and you'll be able to find us there. Once again, we are, Geek News Now is the exclusive home for War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Check us out there. Yeah, Check out our Spreadshirt shop. Link is in the description on our Twitter bio page. And you can also help us out by going to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars. Uh, also, don't forget to check out my other YouTube show, Star Wars for the Eyes of a Child. We just dropped our latest episode where we watched the Clone Wars episode, The Lair of Grievous. Ooh, that's a good one. That was a good one, yes. Um, so we had a lot of fun watching that one. And um, uh, for those of you who don't know, that's me and my daughter are going through canological order, watching the Clone Wars, and then discussing it after we watch it uh, to find out what we can learn and what she thought of the episode. So check that out. It's a lot of fun. With that being said... Remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. And until next time, may the Force be with you. This is the way.